0: Big Shiny Goons. Touch them all, Joe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's only game. Hello and welcome everyone to the show that gets people talking about something else. This is Big Shiny Goons. It's episode nine. I'm your host Thomas, and we have a great guest today. They're the host of Locked On Raptors and a basketball, and an editor at Raptors HQ, Sean Woodley's here. Sean, how's it going? It's
1: man. Uh, I'm going. I'm doing all right. It, all things considered, it's uh, there have been worse Mondays, so I'll take that. <laughs> it's for the, you know, looking for the small wins. I guess I, I wasn't entirely depressed today, so hell yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both uh, both being Ontario residents isn't the biggest uh, isn't the best news right now. <laughs>
1: No, it's rough going, but uh, hey, a big part of how I cope every day is I uh, sign my friends up to talk to me on a podcast, and uh, I, I'm I, this is just an extra podcast I get to do. It's <laughs> lovely. It's a very therapeutic exercise.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, like, how has it kind of been covering this Raptors team, like, kind of daily? Like, that is that a mm. grind at any point, really?
1: It's interesting, because... I yeah like covering this season has been a drag it's I think it's been a bigger issue on my sort of general basketball podcast of basketball just because like I'm not watching as much of the NBA this year as I typically would just because the product is terrible and there are no (laughs) players available and it's my job to watch the Raptors and obviously they've been one of those teams afflicted by COVID and not having people available and injury and all that stuff and it's made it Certainly a different season to talk about. I think I've been able to kind of weather through it for a couple of reasons. One is that it's like I've been doing the podcast for like five years now and it's the first time they've been bad. And so it's like kind of like a whole new cycle of topics I get to dig into. Like I get to care about the draft again, which is kind of fun. Um, I get to, you know, talk about sort of future scenarios and, you know, a race for the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference that nobody wants, which is kind of fun and different and then also the fact that there are games literally every night like putting the show together is easy because oh there was a game last night because the schedule is unrelenting and terrible uh, so I could just talk about the game as opposed to having to concoct topics this is like the first week um, coming up that the Raptors have like one game over the course of Monday through Friday and so now I'm sitting here like oh I have to actually think of topics as opposed to just talking about games <laughs> uh, but yeah for the most part you know, it's different it's been a thing i've used to kind of mark the passage of time the podcast every day has been pretty helpful to have just kind of you know talking to people and staying in touch with folks but yeah it's uh it's been a weird different season and i'm not at all upset about the fact that this one is probably going to be over sooner than uh, most raptors seasons of late have been
0: yeah it's like i've from like personal point of view of just like covering teams within this kind of weird uh season just worldwide um that's going on right now and teams being affected with COVID and absences is it kind of this weird balance that you have to play of like i have to talk about sports but then also like generally what the hell is going on in like grander life like balancing things are more important but then also like let me talk about this basketball game
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. like we katie and i started a basketball like with the idea of oh This is going to be a fun, stupid podcast about this fun, stupid game we love where everything is just, you know, low stakes and silly and we get to talk about mascots and stuff. And just because of when we launched the show, which is almost exactly a year ago, um, you know, we, we launched it right in the middle of the pandemic and not having any games to watch and going through the NBA's, you know, creation of the bubble and the George Floyd protests and you know the the NBA coming back under dubious circumstances in December, enforcing a you know an express season in a condensed time frame, and all the ugliness that's gone on with that. The podcast has become more of like a critical look at basketball than anything else. It's kind of weird how it's evolved, but um, you know we still have fun and all that because there are still nice things to talk about time from time to time. But yeah, for the most part, it's uh, it is just kind of adjusting to the new normal and having to not like you can't not talk about it you have to you know talk about it within the context and you know understanding of everything that's going on in the world and that certainly kind of makes it a bit more of a drag to talk about and all that stuff but also it's you know more important so i guess that's a little thing to put in your cap is that you're you feel like you're actually talking about things that matter as opposed to mascots every day but it's uh yeah it's uh, I still don't really know how to reckon with it all man it's a, it's a bizarre time to cover sports and you know I, shout out to the people who can just like put their head down and talk about it as though nothing else weird is happening but uh, you know I, I'm thankful that I'm not one of those people honestly because I feel like it you know I'm a little bit in touch with like what's going on a little bit I try to be at least and getting to sort of touch on things through the podcast has been a nice little release as well. Yeah, definitely. And like kinda
0: I guess moving on the court things, like what was your general if you could like think far back, what were your general expectations going into this season, really?
1: Well I thought it was gonna be terrible. Yeah. Uh <laughs> like for the Raptors, I thought they would be good. If we're talking Raptors specifically, yeah. I thought I think I picked them to finish like second in the East, and I just sort of assumed that because they're a team that had persevered through a lot of crap in recent seasons that they would do that through playing in Tampa Bay for a year, but you mix in the start in Tampa where they go a two and eight out of the gate just because no one had a house yet. And, yeah. you know, it was all very new and quick. And then you had a nice little stretch in the middle of the season where they were awesome, and it looked like they were very much that team that I thought they would be. And then they get hit with COVID and miss three of their four most important players for three weeks. And the season gets, you know, totally knocked off the rails. And, you know, it it has from that perspective, it's followed expectations dead on, right? Because it's like, oh, yeah, no, the season's going to mean nothing because teams are going to be without players all the time and there will be positive tests left, right, and center. And it's going to be a nightmare and no one's going to be available. And whoever is available is going to be exhausted because there's five games a week. All of that's gone exactly to the script. But the Raptors certainly have uh, uh, very much deviated from what I thought things were going to be. And like I said, it, it's fun and interesting and kind of a new th- way to talk about the team. But um yeah I also would not be upset if they went back to winning 50 games every year for the rest of time because that's also pretty fun too
0: yeah it's like this weird moment I guess that I haven't experienced as like a Raptors supporter in a while of like actually looking like you said earlier like looking at drafts and like oh maybe top five or maybe a lottery like do you feel like the the fan base is pretty split on like win now like get in the play and just see what happens versus like kind of the
1: fade for Kate or those dreams well, yeah, it's uh, my mentions are a nightmare anytime the Raptors win or lose. Uh, it is, uh, I'm like, I kind of bring it on because I'm very much like a uh, tanking is stupid and you're stupid if you yeah. want it to happen kind of person. And people take exception to that when you call them stupid, as they probably should. Uh, and so, you know, I kind of signed myself up for the bad mentions in a way, but yeah, I... You know, I'm never going to be a person who roots for the team I like to lose games. I'm a person who thinks the regular season matters a lot. We spend six months of our lives every year watching it and if you're watching a terrible team that has no hope that is a real bummer way to spend six months whereas yeah the playoffs might not always end wonderfully if you're sort of a third through sixth seeded team but you do get to go to the playoffs. Sometimes you get to go to multiple rounds of the playoffs and your regular season is usually full of 50 plus really fun and interesting games. So that to me is always going to be the way that I'm a sports fan. I'm never going to be a go and tank type type of person because I think it's just kind of it's one of those things that just sort of goes against what sports are supposed to be. And it really, I think, undercuts the fan experience and makes that a sort of thing. You have to talk yourself into and then then you get like sixers fans who now are just like these stockholm syndrome freaks who are like the process baby we (laughs) loved it so we we loved watching henry sims play 30 minutes for us because we had no other players and that is just not the kind of brain i want to have so uh yeah the the sentiment is certainly split i feel like these last three wins for them have kind of made people a little bit more intrigued by the idea of the Mm -hmm. play-in game and the 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 prospect of a raptors sixers one eight series is kind of fun but (laughs) uh yeah i that's kind of always going to be the side i'm on is rooting for them to win make the playoffs and 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 do well and i i don't want my sort of happiness as a sports fan to be tied to lottery balls because that's a one-way path to being depressed most of the time
0: yeah like even during the season where they got like Killed by the Wizards, like it's still the regular season was still fun, like it's still looking uh, forward to it, right? So,
1: yeah, like they had like the 23 and 7 start or something, uh, right? Lou Williams apparently was a thing that people <laughs> liked. Uh, you know, that's that's maybe a strange season to pull on because I like hate that season with the fiery, burning passion, but even then, you're right, you're, like, it's better than taking watching them win. What's the, yeah, like. Watch them win 48 games, 49 games, and go out in round one is definitely better than winning 25 games and not having a shot.
0: Yeah. Well, on to bigger and brighter things. Um, Let's move on to the first segment of Why You're Here. Um, Listening lately. So, Sean, what are you checking out and listening to lately?
1: It's been a very weird music experience for me during the pandemic where i don't listen to really anything new and the stuff that is new that i listen to i get to like six months late and so it, it's kind of been a strange sort of looking back through my recently added it has been uh it's kind of a roller coaster um you know i think the julian baker album that came out a couple months back mm-hmm. was kind of a, a real big one um, I think for a lot of sad people probably was <laughs> time in the middle of February of a pandemic. But, um, you know, that's kind of given way to a little bit more sort of upbeat stuff. Um, I like the new Hold Steady album quite a bit, having fun with that. Uh, and then just kind of going back and listening to old Hold Steady stuff as well has been a good time. But it's been weird. I, you know, I find myself more so leaning into podcasts and I am music at the moment just because I find myself too lazy to search for new stuff and i'm kind of sick of all the stuff i already have it's a strange place to be in and i probably you know if you want after the podcast to give me some recommendations i'm all ears because that takes the the, the looking work out, <laughs> out for me but yeah it's it's been a podcast heavy with the odd little bit of the hold steady recently and that's kind of been it and
0: do you like you normally just check out artists that you kind of already know like in normal times like how do you find new music i guess
1: um so it's funny uh you know i I, i've twitter and people on Mm. twitter is kind of a a place i go to a lot um there's another music podcast columbia house party with uh blake murphy and jake goldsby I, i listen to that and i'll kind of just like oh yeah they're listening to this this week so i'll get ahead of it and then listen to that and that kind of spills off into some other things here and there Although that, that podcast is coming to an end. So I, I don't know where I'm going to get recommendations anymore. Uh, it's i uh, I'm a, I'm a bad music listener. I'm very bad at it. I, you know, I kind of get stuck on a handful of artists and then I'll just cycle through them over the course of a year and maybe add two or three new ones to the rotation every, every year. But it is, uh, you know, very stuck in my ways as I'm sure the album that we're talking about today will probably uh, <laughs> hit towards people. It's just, it's, um, you know i like what i like i when i find new stuff it's great and i'll definitely lean into, lean into it but i'm just so averse to trying to find new stuff that i end up just kind of listening to you know the same 15 to 20 artists on loop and there's nothing wrong with that i can listen to every tv on the radio album uh over the Ooh. course of 6 months and i think that's great but um, you know, I, I could probably stand abroad broaden my horizons a little bit. Is it
0: like a certain era that you're kind of like what you listen to in high school that you're kind of just
1: stick with? <laughs> no, because when I was in high school, I was a even worse music listener. I liked <laughs> classic rock, and that was basically it. Um I, I used to work at a Tim Hortons and when I would work in the back, uh, one of the only stations that would properly pick up in our in our back when I was doing baking. Uh, was Q107, and so just a lot of that stuff just kind of played <laughs> on loop over and over again. This is stuff my parents listened to too, so I was kind of, you know, preconditioned to at least, you know, withstand it. And then it wasn't really until a couple of years into university that I kind of like, oh yeah, you know, I met some friends who had good music taste, and then I kind of leaned into the indie scene and all that. Um, and then things have kind of evolved in a more punky, heavy direction in the last, you know, five, six years. But yeah, it, for me, now the sort of range that I'm listening to is, you know, late 2000s to sort of mid to late 2010s. Um, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of fucked up, a lot of oh, yeah. you know, oh. the radio, as I said, Titus Andronicus, as we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. um, sort of that kind you know, I'm a big hop along fan. Um, so oh, that man. kind of is it. Is it punk? Is it indie? Is it both? Like that kind of uh, milieu, I guess, is where I typically fall. Have you ever seen Fucked Up uh, play live? I saw them open for the Foo Fighters before I even really knew what Fucked Up was, uh, and I wish I had like a, a better appreciation for them at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, because man, their shows—that's like one of the shows I would kill to go to. Like fresh out of the pandemic, is just like. Go release all the hatred of Doug Ford at a fucked up show uh, <laughs> would be quite a, a cathartic experience, I think. But yeah, I like vaguely remember them opening for them uh, for the foo- for the foos at uh, Scotiabank ACC, whatever it is. Now. So um, and, uh, yeah, I, I wish I
0: remembered it better. Funny thing is that I was actually at that show as well. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, I, I went with. It was my two sisters and my dad because my dad's a huge Foo Fighters fan and my older sisters too. So I just went along and I had no idea. Right. And I like, I knew of fucked up before, but I, I haven't seen them live until then. And then all I remember is, uh, Damien, uh, like crawling through the front, like going through the crowd at the front and then just like walking up one of like the aisle stairs, like while with microphone right. and everything. And yeah. And then I... I was lucky enough to see, uh, I think one of the last shows I actually saw live was at uh, The Horseshoe. They played, I think it, I don't know if it was an album release, but yeah, that was, it's it's great. It's highly recommended.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, they, like I said, there, there's like a list of bands that I have in my head is like, oh yeah, their first show post-pandemic is going to be uh, like Can't Miss Stuff. And they're certainly on that list yeah yeah they're great
0: is there like a first album that kind of i guess broke you out of like the classic rock taste like you talked about like tv on the radio and stuff was there one first album that you kind of listened to in university that was like this is the artist or album that i'm kind of breaking through with
1: yeah yeah i should note as well also in high school i listened to a lot of screamo stuff uh and like (laughs) a little bit of new metal here and there too so yeah i was just all over the map um but yeah like the first album i think that really kind of introduced like oh no this is just what you like this is the kind of music you're going to like forever now uh is yankee hotel foxtrot um by wilco Mm -hmm. a good friend of mine is a huge wilco fan and he just like he's like hey you should listen to wilco if you're like getting into music that doesn't stink and (laughs) he's like oh yeah okay and no i mean wilco's great i've seen them too um yeah i saw them play they opened with my morning jacket for bob dylan and it was i I mean poor bob dylan is just at the point where he can't even sing anymore he just like growls and so i kind of left early to catch the train it was that bad but the wilco show was great and uh Another band I'd love to see not at the amphitheater in Toronto, like at a good venue. Yeah. Oh wait, I do I, I did see. It. I saw them at Massey Hall. Now that I'm remembering oh, that. yeah, um, Massey Hall. They were freaking incredible. And so, yeah, uh, Yankee for sure. Even though I don't know if it's my favorite Wilco album, I have like a controversial Wilco album. Wilco album favorite, but uh Yankee's definitely the one that kind of indo- indoctrinated me, I guess. <laughs> What's the controversy? Uh, it's uh, the whole love is my favorite Wilco. Okay, album. it might be. because because it came out around that time in 2011 mm-hmm. um, also it also was probably because Art of Almost is like my favorite Wilco song and Nell's Klein whips ass and yeah. I, I just I could listen to that album over and over again there's so many different range like the range on it is enormous from Art of Almost you get like Capital City it's just like a very just everything on there and a few just really really listenable tracks I, I don't think it's their best album but by any means to me it's just the one that I'll go back to the most because there's like six or seven songs on there that I just think are uh, pretty much unimpeachable. So that's uh, I I, like that probably isn't even like a top four or five Wilco album, but uh, again, again, just kind of victim of the time. It's like I got into Yankee and then oh, whole love is out now. I guess I'm going to listen to that, and this will just be a thing I listen to forever now too.
0: Yeah, like a common thread that kind of pops up on the podcast. I feel like with uh, eight prior episodes is that like people just grab onto certain albums or projects that kind of like relate to where they are in life as well. It's just kind of like a constant yeah. kind of like, this is what I was into or what kind of like I was growing up or whatever. And then I like that album. So it's just been like with me forever. So like, I feel mm-hmm. like that might be like the same thing with whole love. It's just like, that was when I was first getting into it and then it was the new thing. And then like that kind of branched out.
1: Although I will say any Wilco album that starts with Art of Almost would probably go down (laughs) as one of my faves. That song is uh, so insanely good. Seeing that live at Massey Hall was uh, like absolutely game changing. It was ridiculous. God, that was a good show. (laughs) Well, I miss shows, man. God,
0: (laughs) honestly, I, man, I haven't even thought like, there's been some shows that I've been meaning to see like one big ticket that I have that like keeps on being postponed is the my chemical romance re- reunion so like oh yeah yeah that, that's just been something that's just been in the back of my mind just waiting um
1: yeah yeah i have tickets for one show uh that hasn't happened yet i bought them for my fiance for christmas like a year and a half ago now uh it's for alanis morissette oh <laughs> and that's going to be fun whenever we can do it. I don't know. It, like there has been no word it's supposed to be this July. I don't there's been no word on cancellation. I would assume that's going to be forthcoming anytime now. Um but uh you know, I'm not even a huge Alanis fan, but I'm very ready to go and scream to you ought to know at a concert with a bunch of strangers for sure. And that was for the Jagged Little Pill like anniversary, wasn't it? I think. I believe so. So, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It was supposed to be the 20 supposed to be in 29 no 2020 yeah so i guess, yeah the 25 year anniversary i suppose i guess so i don't know exactly what year that
0: album came out but yeah probably <laughs> yeah it came out in uh i could i
1: could look 95 yeah 95? there we go okay. perfect there so go. yeah that makes sense <laughs> there we go
0: well speaking of albums let's move on to the big one the album that you're yes. here to talk about uh so sean what album are you going to talk about <laughs>
1: I would have alluded to it, uh, but we're talking about The Monitor by Titus Andronicus. In my estimation, the best album. Uh, it's it's really good, man. And it's another one that I've been coming back to a lot during the pandemic for a variety of reasons. But uh, yeah, The Monitor, man. It's, and I know you were quite excited when I said we were listening to this as well, because uh, you wanted to do some homework and homework that you would enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, like I I mentioned that I was, I discovered like
0: Titus kind of later. Like I was probably only three or four years ago when I really finally Did first they? listened to them, and then <laughs> mm-hmm. and then yeah and then like and then just listened to all their albums and it's just like this. I don't know. It's just like this constant thread that's always just like, kind of connecting through their albums. Like it's just the same mm-hmm. final experience. And talking about live shows, I was able to actually see. Um, a solo show he did at the Great Hall, um, I think in 2018. I want to say it was it wasn't too long ago, um, and yeah, he like puts on a fantastic show, and then just I don't know. I was super excited to like re- rediscover and re listen to it because I haven't checked it out in a while. But uh, do you remember like your first listen of this album? Kind of when you first discovered it?
1: Yeah, I I do. I was. I remember I was living in Hamilton at the time. I had just moved not long before. I've been in Hamilton now since late 2017. So it's been quite a while. And I believe it was similar to you. I got to them late, uh, as I do with most of the bands I like, as I've alluded to a few times. But um, it was like 2018, and I was walking to go... And meet my fiance and her parents at a beer garden. Which, man, I remember that again. Was uh, <laughs> sitting outside and drinking beer with strangers. Yes, please. But um, I was walking to go meet them, and I just, yeah, all right, I'm gonna fire this up. And uh, a more perfect union hits, and I'm like, holy shit, uh, this is this is something. And yeah, it just kind of stuck from there. And it's, I probably come back to it at the very least once every like three months now um it just you know it's i find it's a great driving album um you know if you're taking a long drive it's like an hour long long time for you um and yeah it's just there's so many little ups and downs and surprises and turns and long ass ballads which you know i love a ballad uh, you know i, I just um I, that like i just i'll never forget like the first like guitar hit from a more perfect union on that walk and like oh yeah no i just this is a band i really really like and this is gonna be an album that i just kind of put in the pantheon for for myself and um it never really turned back from then <laughs> did you have to like take another couple laps
0: around a block or whatever just to finish the album well
1: walking? i'll do that all the time yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh like with the song like i might be like listening to like a, a pot in which to piss and i'll the all eight minutes and 53 seconds i will sit outside and not come in yet till it's over uh, <laughs> even though i could just put it on my headphones and do it inside it's just uh yeah that's definitely would you say a that those long songs
0: like titus andronix is known for really like are they daunting at all like when you first saw it on the track listing you're like oh what is this about like
1: no i maybe that's part of like the uh like the classic rock upbringing I had is that I'm not averse <laughs> to long songs. Like, you know, you can listen to Stairway to Heaven and it's not a problem or any of the other, you know, 30 hour long Zeppelin songs or like the full 20 2112 by Rush. I used to listen to that whole thing and just, it was totally fine. I, you know, I don't mind a long song if it's kind of keeping you engaged and interested. And that's the thing about Titus is, you know, they're long songs. They have like three, four different parts that just kind of, you know, capture you all again once they start up and they kind of all flow together so no i've never i've never been a long songs are are bad person i i've never really understood that criticism honestly If you like a band and the album is, you know, 65 minutes long and it's 10 songs, you know, Hey, you got more of the band you like. And you know, if a T, if a band can write a long song, it's certainly Titus, Uh, you know, uh, I'll listen to all 14 minutes of the battle at Hampton Roads. I don't care. Uh, It's really good. And I enjoy it from start to finish.
0: Yeah. It's not like there's any like dead periods or like, Oh, let me skip through this or whatever. Like Hmm. it's again, especially with the monitor where it's like a concept album about the civil war. And so like, just not like obvious not as like ham-fisted as other concept albums but like they play like quotes from like Abraham Lincoln and oh, yeah. like and play military melodies like have guitar on their guitar tracks like but do you think like you could ever like especially with concept albums that are kind of more direct like do you think it's different than like just singling a track like oh let me listen to that one track or kind of listen it's a different listening experience going throughout the full album
1: that's a good one i I tend to just kind of like the songs individually for themselves in a lot of cases with concept albums like you're mentioning uh my chemical romance like i can listen to Mm. just a couple songs off welcome to the black parade and i know it's part of a concept album when there's a bigger story going on but also sometimes you just want to listen to uh you know like the Black Parade. Sometimes I just want to hear that banger of a song and it's totally fine. I, you know, I, I, or the Welcome to the Black Parade. I got I get the names in the album titles screwed up all the time. I even <laughs> see fine. this with the Titus album all the time too. I was called the album A More Perfect Union because I'm dumb, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I've, I kind of can easily go in and out. And the nice thing about Titus' songs and uh, like this album in particular is that each song is like a concept song of its own basically and so Mm -hmm. it's kind of uh you get that whole concept album feel just by listening to all of one of the songs on the the album for sure yeah and
0: especially like the
1: way that he delivers like the vocals and everything
0: it's so memorable where you could kind of it's like a lot of those songs like a more perfect union especially like it's just So singable and just like anthony, I guess is like a good descriptor of like just totally like sing along, get with it kind of thing where you don't really have to think about the lyrics or the meaning behind it, just like kind of power through that chorus or everything. Like it's so, it's just
1: so listenable, right? If you told me, like I'm looking at the track listing right now, so I know it's seven minutes and nine seconds long, but if you told me to guess how long a more perfect union is, I'd probably say like four and a half minutes just because it, it really does flow and kind of it doesn't mm-hmm. slow down and it doesn't feel like a seven minute long song yeah
0: definitely like it's just so quick and especially with the whole album like when i was really listening to it just like it just again it's such a thing that's kept on coming up but it, like it flows just through it and like it's so just easy it's not necessarily easy listening like not an easy listening genre but like it's just You could just sit back and enjoy kind of the album by itself.
1: Totally. And I think it speaks to how good the album is and how like there's very few moments where you want to skip ahead. And also, I guess, to like the length of the song titles in some cases, (laughs) but like I I have a hard time. Like if you told me like name the track listing one to ten, I probably wouldn't be able to do it just because it is kind of like the, you know, the sort of three through seven is all this sort of muddled middle part of the album that, you know, they all flow together and I'll listen to them all back to back to back to back. And, you know, I know the points of the delineation, if you had to, if you were quizzing me on it, but I also don't really think of the album in those, in those terms, right. I can just kind of throw it on while I'm making dinner or something. And it just takes me through the entire hour and five minutes of cooking dinner. It's uh it's really really nice maybe i need to work on trimming down my cooking time uh but you know that's a problem for another day
0: would you say a more perfect
1: union is your favorite track off the album or probably yeah although a pot in which to piss is pretty close um Mm -hmm. i think it's those two for sure um but yeah more perfect union is just like you said super listenable if you were trying to get like a friend into Titus, you would show them that song and not a pot in which to piss (laughs) so uh you know it's kind of just a little bit more accessible that way too i suppose um but yeah it's 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 close between those two because uh pot in which to piss is very very good
0: and is this your was the monitor your first titus album that you listened to or was it something else it
1: was my first titus album yeah and for a while it was the only one um you know, probably for like a year. I, I just, again, bad at listening to other music. I get stuck in my ways <laughs> and then start listening to Doughboys or something and forget that I have uh, music to listen to as well. As I dive into a podcast, but um, yeah, it, it's definitely the first this past year actually has been kind of nice. I've, I have done the project and it is a project of listening to all their albums and kind of digging in a little bit more. nothing, quite matches it although a couple albums i think uh particularly local business i think comes close just in terms of you know now if i'm choosing between two albums it'll probably be 50 50 as to how often i listen to both just because local business is so accessible and just like a quick easy fun rock album um in a way that it's not obviously the case with uh with the monitor but um yeah it it was the first and will always be number one to me
0: yeah, it's just kind of, I feel like it's just so special that way, and even like it's, he proves that this album like he's so, like it's the same style, but it's like still versatile with like his, like the content I feel like sure. if that makes sense Yeah, like it's just more so like he wants to portray it's like this folk punk energy but then it's more so like this is obviously about Civil War and then like and then local business has its own kind of mantra and uh content like do you kind of grasp onto different things because of that or is it more just like the songs themselves
1: yeah i'm less of a like dig into the lyrical meaning of songs type of guy Mm like I, i think that's kind of why i gravitate to a band like titus i know their lyrical content is obviously uh quite deep and there's a lot to dig into but the reason i like titus so much is there's just so much going on musically right like you get the piano tracks you get the guitar tracks you get the the bagpipes sometimes making their way in there and they arrange it in a really interesting way it's why I like TV on the radio so much is because there's so much going on mm-hmm. same with Wilco like I, I like bands where there's just like a lot of a lot of noises being made and they all come together in a very nice way. Um but yeah I mean that's also a part of the appeal of Titus too is the, the lyrical content is like it hits home. He's not subtle he you know it, it just I think another reason why I've enjoyed listening to Titus so much during the pandemic is like he sings as though he's in like a manic state and that jives well with these times (laughs) And so I I kind of like find myself like trying to belt it out myself and screaming yeah you're goddamn right the enemy is everywhere and I, you know it just that really does I think hit home too so yeah there's certainly an enjoyment and appreciation of the lyrics there although I wouldn't say it's sort of what defines a good or one of my favorite Titus songs for me. It's usually more the music first and then the, uh, the sort of lyrical content after.
0: Yeah. And like you touched on it a little bit earlier, but especially with how like, again, versatile or kind of nondescript the instrumentation is on this album, especially in with every one of his projects where like, and bands like Wilco and TV on the radio, where it's more like, it's not necessarily that they're making an album to play live like or to make it easy to play live it's just an album that they want to do so if like if they need to throw in a Glockenspiel spiel or like bells or piano tracks that like oh maybe they can't tour with the piano what are they going to do like it's just everything fits and it's more i feel like artistically driven than some other albums that i've checked out especially in like if they wanted to do more punk rock stuff where it's like bass guitar drums that's it um so they've that's done. kind of draws me for sure yeah
1: like their most recent album Obelisk, is like it's just pretty much a straight rock album that could very easily mm-hmm. just like you could see them playing it in a 40 minute set and get the hell out of there and it would be very very good as well <laughs> you know they they don't mm-hmm. stick to the script that you know it'd be tough to you know you know obviously they had their album before The monitor came out, but the monitor was obviously their first real big thing. And it's not exactly a thing you can like follow the formula of going forward either, right? Like they were going to have to adapt and sort of try some new stuff out. And I think, you know, through all their albums, you know, I'm not a, you know, there's, if you listen to the entirety of Most Lamentable Tragedy, there's like a thousand songs on it. And I'll probably like (laughs) 70% of them. There's some that I'll skip through for sure. But, um, you know, the fact that they're able to kind of change things up and, you know not try to capture the magic of the monitor and they're okay just kind of making cool rock songs I, I think that's uh pretty commendable um as they kind of you know continue to put out more stuff
0: yeah if if anyone that's listening to this hasn't really checked out a titus Andronix album obviously we both highly recommend it uh <laughs> especially the monitor um yeah just it's just a It's just a perfect album to kind of just sit back and just enjoy, especially in these times.
1: I would say um, if I was trying to get someone into Titus for the first time, they'd never heard a Titus album. I don't think I'd recommend the monitor first. I'd probably say local business just because it's like, Mm. oh yeah, this is just a a good, easy to listen to rock album. And then you also kind of get like exactly everything that Stickles is doing. Um, And then you can kind of take all that and then bring it to the monitor maybe it's not the way it's intended to be listened to um, you know I don't know I guess the artist would have the choice over that as to <laughs> what like the proper um, viewing order or listening order would be um, but that's kind of what I, my recommendation would be is listen to local business if you like that it's just that plus Abraham Lincoln and long ass ballads <laughs> and, and like um, just a, a wide range of emotions and, and stuff like that that you'll see uh you know, mixed with civil war content on the monitor to kind of add to the local business experience, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's a bad recommendation, but uh I think it makes sense in my brain
0: yeah, it's like it's like Star Wars. you have to watch it backwards. yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> anyways, um, let's move on to the final segment. uh so Sean, do you have a recommendation for the honest speaking of beyond Titus and Troic gums? Uh, Do you have a recommendation of a book, article, movie, show you're checking out recently? Just something to please the mind of the listeners.
1: Yeah, um, I think we've been watching a lot of TV, obviously, as a lot of people are. (laughs) And you'd think over the course of a year, you might get like something in there that is like a new contender as like your favorite show of all time. But no, uh, we watched The Americans <laughs> again, like rewatched it a couple months ago. It's still the best show I've ever seen. Still my favorite show. Uh, so if you haven't watched The Americans before, do yourself a favor. Watch The Americans. <laughs> Have you watched it, Thomas? No. Dude. I
0: think I've seen one episode, the first episode. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll start this. And then I think I started something else.
1: If you watched the first episode <laughs> and didn't continue with with it, I don't know. Uh, if I trust you because that's like the greatest pilot in television history it's so good perfectly done sets up the entire stakes of it all it's just god what a show man I I, again I was trying to you know well maybe I'll find something new that kind of get into the contender range and I've only grew to appreciate it more And then also we watched Breaking Bad right after watching the Americans again and we were so let down by Breaking Bad compared to the Americans. As two people who liked Breaking Bad beforehand, the Americans are just so much better. And the characters are amazing. The acting is incredible. Uh, the storytelling, the the character arcs of um, every person involved. it's uh, It's really compelling stuff. Watch the Americans. That's my recommendation for the people. Maybe a little bit. Of a normy one, but apparently you haven't seen it, so maybe it's not so normy. <laughs> so there you go. Uh so
0: Breaking Bad Breaking Bad is the only show that I've actually re-watched the entire thing and was like not kind of tuned out the whole way. Yep. Um, so if you're saying this is better, then maybe I'll have to check
1: it out. Yeah, it's better than Breaking Bad. I'm also a person who doesn't find Breaking Bad to be quite what it's cracked up to be. Um, yeah. My 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 take on Breaking Bad is it's an objectively incredible show that I hate. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just just, yeah yeah. it's a lot it's very heavy yeah Yeah. not the time to watch (laughs) that show right now i don't think
0: exactly and especially with like tv shows where it's just like i'm investing so much of my time like it doesn't matter how many like rave reviews it has Hmm. if i am enjoying it and i'm able to like turn my brain off or if you want to turn your brain all the way on and think about theories and stuff Mm -hmm. then yeah yeah, it's, it's hours and hours of content. So,
1: really, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just I, I've, I need a show with at least one likable person. I think, <laughs> and
0: <Okay.
1: laughs> just don't find that of, to be the case at Breaking Bad. So that's where I it loses yeah. me. The Americans, some likable people in that, and also some <laughs> not so likable people. But you know, it's complex. It's layered. It's great. Watch yeah. The Americans. <laughs>
0: So it's like it was on it was an f x show right I think I yeah, know. yeah, yeah, so there's and it was kind of around this era of like when f x was really getting popular with uh like ov- obviously getting that always sunny money and like mm-hmm. what was that other show that uh oh did you're the worst FX put
1: out um yeah. you're the worst Wilfred was a thing they had, uh right, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. the Americans was their big drama, and mm-hmm. I mean couldn't do a lot better it's it's really really excellent and still holds up super well especially i mean if you like anything to do with like espionage or the cold war Mm -hmm. it's uh it basically checks all the boxes there too well
0: that's that's perfect uh sean where can the people find you and your stuff
1: yeah uh, i'm on twitter at woodley sean uh last name first name still working on getting at sean woodley from an australian guy who has blocked me uh (laughs) I don't think it's <laughs> happening, but you know, a try There a
0: story behind that block.
1: No, I mean, I think I just like DM. I was like, Hey, any chance you want to give me your, uh, your handle. Cause he has like 30 followers or something. And I was like, mm. you know, maybe this is a dick move and maybe he deserved to block me. I don't know. But, um, yeah. So at Woodley, Sean on Twitter, locked on Raptors is my daily Raptors podcast. If you want to tune in there as we cover a bad team, that is starting to look a little bit more fun, which is nice. Uh, uh basketball is my weekly podcast with katie heindel where we dive into the nba at large in a fun and strange way it's uh it's a good time and We uh we, we have a patreon as well if you want to sign up over there
0: perfect everyone must um anyone that's listening to this
1: uh you could follow the podcast at
0: big underscore shiny underscore goons you could follow me at no Tamed. um and i Know the pain of having a somewhat common name and trying to get a handle that's somewhat normal. Uh,
1: <laughs> and
0: please rate and review the podcast, follow, click all those buttons that you uh, need to. And uh, once again, Sean, thanks for so much for coming on. Of course, man. Thanks so
1: much for having me.